Welcome to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast with Alex Mead. I've invited sales, marketing, and business leaders to discuss their successes, failures, and everything else in between. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Today, I'm bringing back two of my favorite guests for a special episode. Santa Vending, the Executive Director of Product and Marketing at VCC, and Karina Gelster-Borgart, the Director of Marketing and Brand at Metal Toad. And both, both Santa and Karina are in my mastermind group. And that group is, you know, something that is marketing and sales professionals, meeting, bringing, coming together, essentially building a small little community to discuss challenges, get advice, get feedback. And today on the episode, we're really talking about that. And during the pandemic, online communities blew up. They existed before, but they were sparse and maybe not as widely popularized and not as widely used. When we all were at home, we all were on our Zooms and we're all trying to still do business, still connect, still learn, you know, trade shows moved online, online, you know, educational seminars, workshops, you know, a lot of things that we do with HubSpot were all moved online and how to provide that value on an online basis while still feeling that sense of community and belonging. And so today on the podcast, we're talking about that. It's a pretty candid conversation. We'll go back and forth and really discussing what online communities mean to us and the benefits both personally and business-wise. So enjoy the show. Welcome back to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Mead. And today I'm lucky enough to have two uh, two previous guests from previous episodes and you know we were having a conversation around online communities and thought you know we're, we all have different views and so that's what we're talking about today and and the two guests that I have back is Karina Gelster Borgart from Metal Toad where she is the director of marketing and brand and Santa Vending from uh, VCC where she's the executive director of product development and marketing and so welcome back both of you thank you so thank much you. Maybe let's do quick, quick recap intros because I can't imagine someone's listening to every single episode. So in case they don't know who you are, Karina, why don't you uh, quickly introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you so much for having me on today. My name is Karina. I'm the Director of Marketing and Brand at Metal Toad. Metal Toad is an AWS advanced consulting partner. So we do all sorts of technology consulting and builds. And my role, I'm focused on all things marketing and brand. So lead generation through content creation and content syndication, uh, SEO, and really just getting the great stories behind Metal Toad's brand out into the world and how we can help people. Awesome. And Santa. So I'm Sana Vending. I'm the Director of Product Development and Marketing at VCC, and we design and manufacture illuminated components. So this is the components you see in your devices. If it's a little LED that shines, uh, we can be behind the, that, that little product. Um, so I'm responsible for product development, so anything new that, that comes out, and then, of course, also marketing. So this is the, the database that have, we have, the, the, the website, um, and we sell to to engineers, but they have to buy through distribution. So it's B2C, B2B, so a lot of challenges of how you're actually are reaching out to the customer. Awesome, and I'm excited because I, you know, Karina, you and I talked about design and how important that is in understanding how to market. And then, and then Santa, we talked about a lot of like landing pages for manufacturing or like industrial and how to convert and what, what are the best practices there. And so I think this is a fun, 
a fun mix of worlds from from agency to managed services technology and then kind of like industrial and manufacturing. And I think one thing we all share is kind of our 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 love of marketing and desire to keep learning new things. And the pandemic made that hard because we were used to going to events, going to conferences, you know, networking, getting coffee, having those personal conversations. And, you know, like everyone else, we were quickly thrust into our makeshift home offices, except for Karina, you, you like have like a beautiful little studio where you've made a nice little space. It took me almost a year to say, I actually work at home now, um, full time. So, you know, I think this is, we were all kind of thrust into that and the world of online communities, it didn't start, but it definitely became, you know, everyone started to be to join something or be part of something. So I think, you know, based on our conversation, we had at an online community called Campfire Mastermind, join, let me know if you want to join. But we talked about this, we talked about online communities. So, you know, happy to have you both here. And I'm just going to throw this question out. And whoever wants to answer it first, um, you know, please just chime in is what is an online community? Like what, what is it even, what does that even mean? Um, in your words? I think an online community is uh, people that you connect with. You have similar either shared values or similar shared goal. Um, and you're getting together via digital platforms to discuss and um, really connect and address address things out in the world. So uh, the two online communities that I found most successful Either we had similar shared goals or we had similar shared values and we were working towards a, an end goal together. So I, I see that also, you know, you, you meet people that face the same issues as you have, um, which is nice because uh, we, we, need, we, we need to be real, right? Everybody's having issues or <laughs> need to figure out how to solve it. No, so it's just great that, that you have a whole group of the, the same peers saying, hey, how did you do it? Or what can you recommend? Or what's best practice? Or can you guide me to where can I find this information? Um, and to have that kind of, of, uh, of a network that turns into friendship as well, because you really ask good questions and you get good answers. Um, it, I couldn't replace that with anything else. Following up on that, I think online communities have obviously been around in, there's been a lot of, I don't know, I'd say before the pandemic, there's a ton of backlash of social media and like what it, what it can do for the worst of people, but it, for the best of people, it brings people together that can't be together in person, whether that's family or like if you are a love of, of Legos, you can find a community of other people that love Legos and like have a community of, of Lego minded people. I just watched Lego masters yesterday, last night. So that's why that's fresh. Uh, That's why it's fresh. But, but I think, I think like what the pandemic did is made it normal because I think people beforehand, was like, I don't, I don't want to be, I want to meet in real life. I don't want to, have this like online group of friends um, or like only my online group of friends. But I think these online communities have allowed us to meet people all over the country and world. And, and Santa, you, I think you have really taken that. And I think you have, you have groups and people in groups and networks and things that you're part of that are all over the world. So maybe talk about how you've been able to connect with people like-minded people in similar interests, similar industries, similar things you can do that hasn't limited you to, you know, California or even the United States? 
to be out. Yeah, so I was looking for, for a group that I could improve in innovation and product development. Um, and I'm a member of an organization called LPPDE, which is giving some of it, but I also needed somebody that I could meet locally. Um, but the locally changed to be global. So I started a group uh, called Mind the Innovation, where we meet, it's a mastermind group, where we meet and have challenges saying, how do you, how do you do company culture? What's, what's the challenge that you have? How do you, if there's resistance in the group? Um, and I have a membership that's from a lot of people from California, but I also have one from Holland. Um, I have one down from Mexico uh, and also from Brazil. So it's just amazing how suddenly, just because you're on one platform, that you can actually meet and, and talk to each other. Um, and I send out a survey after a couple of meetings where I say, okay, what do you like about the group? And one of the answers was the people. And, and that's, that's what it is, right? The whole having this network and that you can trust the, the people that's in the network or the peers that are in this group, um, it's, just, it's just amazing. Um, and just even though you meet once a month or whatever sequence you meet on, um, you, you have somebody you can reach out to if you're getting stuck somewhere. Uh, or they can recommend you to say, hey, talk to this person. So that's, that opens up. So yes, pandemic year has not been fun. It's been a challenge. Uh, but I think we also have to look at how it opens up opportunities that you, you get across the borders uh, and time zones. So that's just, I, I love it. Yeah. Let's, uh, Karina, maybe can you, so we've kind of like talked about like in our, in our own words, what an online community is. Can you, can you define it a little bit more? Like what, um, are we on Zoom? Are we on like FaceTime on our phones? Are we like, is it a group that sometimes meets and meets on Zoom, but mainly like on Slack? Like maybe define it for us of your, the groups you've been in or experienced with, how do those like actually physically and logistically work? Yeah, logistically, I think um, most of the groups that I've been on have been on Zoom. And then what was really interesting, and we saw this with Campfire Mastermind, is we started to build this friendship and this intimacy across meeting up every two weeks. And we realized that we actually wanted to talk to each other more than just for an hour every two weeks. And so there was this idea of, hey, can we get a Slack going? And are people burnt out on Slack? Or are they excited around Slack? And we got the Slack up. And I think it's been a great way to connect and to celebrate wins with one another, um, to keep each other in the loop of what events are happening and that sort of thing. So I think logistically it started with Zoom, but then um, as those connections started to grow, Slack was a great second piece to bring in so that you could stay connected over time. Yeah. Santa, what are, uh, name, go through all of the groups <laughs> you are in and, and like how, <laughs> uh, maybe like your top five of like that and like how, how are they, uh, are they on Zoom? Like, I want to talk about Clubhouse at some point. So maybe just yeah. like mention which ones are on Clubhouse, which ones are on Zoom, which ones are, you know, other versions of, of platforms out there. Of, of platforms. Um, yeah. So, okay. So let's let's start with, with Clubhouse that you mentioned it. So I'm on Clubhouse um, and I'm a member of a group that's called Lean Construction. Um, not that I'm in construction, but because they talk about lean and product development and culture again and core values, uh, I get the inspiration of looking into other industries. Um, Clubhouse makes, again, it, there's no borders, right? It can be day and night, wherever you are, you just jump in. Um, and it's uh, you, you have to go through and filter so you find where there's quality. It doesn't always have to be the bigger or the, the groups with a lot of people. Um, but but that's, a, that's, a, that's a really good platform. And I met amazing people there that I would have never met, even if it were, I went to a conference. Uh, 
So I think that opened up that you can listen in or you can go on the stage and have a conversation or you can ask the question or you can actually follow up with this person after. Um, so it's a really open community. Um, so great new platform if you have time and want to experiment that, that area. Um, another platforms, uh, of course, there's all the, the Zoom groups. Um, I'm a member of two marketing groups to get inspired. Uh, and again, it's always to look into different industries. I have not looked at many. I haven't met, met too many that's in the same industry as I am. Um, so that's why I've just, you know, every time I see a, a group where there's good quality, it's about the quality. Um, I love to be a member of, of, of these groups. Um, if we look into the different software, because in marketing, right, we always want to be, we want to learn fast. We want to make, be efficient. We want to be smart. Um, so I'm jumping into a lot of software groups as well. And that's on Facebook. Uh, and some of them are doing it really, really well if they're developing or they're educating or saying we have a new feature on the software. So it's a great way for them and for me or for everybody who's a member in that Facebook group uh, to jump in either to say, hey, I want you to work on this feature next time just to, to have your voice so they can hear your voice. Uh, or you can also access, ask and say, hey, I don't know how to, to do this. Anybody who can help me or show an, an example. So, um, yeah, so that's, so that's, I think that's, that's the groups that, that I'm a member of. What about, um, Karina, let's go to, let's go to you. I'm going to ask you this question and Santa, I'm going to probably ask you the same question, but the size, like what's the, what is a, what is the types of groups you're in and like, how big are they? You know, I'm part of, um, I'm part of Rev Genius, which kind of was born out of sales. People were struggling because of the pandemic and, and, economic downturn and needed a place to talk and chat about it. Um, there's 14,000 people in that Slack group now, I think. Um, so what are, what are the sizes of types of groups that you're, you're a part of? Yeah, I would say, you know, the top two that I've really attended consistently and enjoyed would be uh, Campfire Mastermind. And that group, as you know, is, you know, anywhere from five to six showing up each time, but the group is growing. So there's 20 plus, I would say, that are uh, on the attendance list and we're looking to add more. And then the other one is Women Leading Powerfully, which was a really incredible 12-week uh, women leadership coaching group that I invested in. And that group was about 10 or 11 women strong. And uh, I love the intimacy of that because you really do get to build some connections. And I want to go back to, to you touching on the pandemic sort of normalizing these uh, these digital interactions. I think that what we're going to see is this real hybrid self moving forward. And what I mean by that is I've now connected with with these people on digital, you know, weekly or every two weeks. And so they're all across the United States. And so as I'm traveling or as they're traveling up to Portland, we want to see each other in person and that sort of thing. And um, we're seeing that on a global scale too. At Metal Toad, we did a series of interviews with um, people globally. And now the big NAB show is coming back in October and everybody's excited to meet in person, even though we already have these great connections from meeting digitally all over. So I think there's going to be this really interesting hybrid self where you want to stay connected to these online communities digitally that you can't connect with in person, but then maximize when you can meet with them. Yeah, that is so true. The benefits, so like everybody's ready to go back to normal things, but I went to an in-person meeting. It took me, um, I know it's going to sound funny, 15 minutes to get ready because I had to put on real clothes. And then it took me like 20 <laughs> to 30 minutes to drive there. 
Then I had the meeting. Then it took me, you know, 20 to 30 minutes to drive home. And in the meantime, I could have had two other meetings if I never left my house. But at the same time, that face-to-face interaction and, and like this hybrid world, I think is, I think is going to be interesting. Um, Santa, what about you? What are the types of groups and sizes of those groups? Yeah, so just with the campfire, right? Yeah, we can be a few people and, and up to, I don't know, is it 12 or 20? Um, the Lean Construction that's on, on Clubhouse, we are a few moderators, but then it, the group is up to 30 people. Um, the one with the Mind Innovation, we're just about eight people. And then I'm, there's the bigger group, right? That's the LPDE. I'm a member of a product school, and that goes from 100 and up to 1,000. Um, it's great to have both, I think, uh, but... But where I see the value and also the consistency is more in the smaller groups. Um, it's just that's just the quality you get there is, is you can't compare that. And, and you have to look at you, you. We're gaining skills every day and we educate ourselves and getting better. But we also have to realize we, we don't know everything. Um, and and by by having that realization, we just you know, you go out and and and, and can get that learning or that skill set or can guide you by having this good group of, of great people. Um, but back to Alex, I have what you're saying where you spend time of, of driving. So um, I like the hybrid because again, when you're driving, even I go into the office a couple of days a week, um, you reflect when you sit in the car. You reflect in a different way because if you're sitting at home, you're like, okay, next next task, next task. Or you, you, that's how I work. But by having the reflection and getting away from your computer, you could walk your dog, you could do other stuff, it's important. So I think don't look at it as waste that you're driving, look at it as some reflection time, because that's where you could get that next idea that you're like, oh my God, this is what I should do. It's the same when you get to the shower, right? You get great ideas in the shower because you're away from your computer. Yeah, so uh, that's so interesting. Don't, don't don't say it's waste. Just have it. Uh, it's not so much. Time. It's not so much waste. I enjoy the time because I can. It's like I think of it on the way. It's either thinking about what I'm going to go do, and then on the back they're reflecting. But it's also, uh, it's also me time that I feel like I used to get driving to and from work. Is either time to listen to a podcast, relax, listen to a sports thing, like just do something other than work. I think on that, like that reflection note, I don't think we, by working at home, I know we're off topic and not online, not on online communities, but we, we, uh, we don't, I don't feel like I sit and like strategize and think about something while at home because I'm on front of my computer. I've got tasks. I've got a to-do list. People ask me questions and not that there's anything wrong with that, but, um, I actually, every, every Monday I go to a coffee shop and take what we call clarity breaks, where it's like, I just think of something big picture. I just think of something that I need to like, I need to work on this week. And I kind of map out or think about thoughts of like how to achieve it that uh, I know we're off topic again, but um, on the note of not necessarily wasting time, but finding time to reflect. It's a good, uh, it's a good note there saying, and I should think of, I should think of my car trips a little differently. So each of you talked about your sizes of groups and uh, Sandy, you have some groups that are large and some that are small, and you said there's room for both. Tell me the benefits of large groups. I think you get a bigger diversity in the in the bigger group, or and also different industries. Um, and so, if you're looking for more inspiration um, to, to 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 look into these different industries, um, that that helps you with this bigger group. 
Um, I also think the bigger groups, it will come back that you will actually meet in, in person again. I'm pretty sure all the conferences, it's, it's they're planning right now, It'll, it will happen again. But I'm sure you also will be more selective to say, is that how I really want to spend my time to be there? Or it could be that the communities, if it's the in-person conferences, maybe they show both, right? So that you have the hybrid version of a conference. Um, but but that's the, the, the people where you talk to each other, you know, if it's the water cooler at the office or you go to the conference and you talk to each other and you get something to drink, it's at the coffee. That is difficult to mimic online. I've seen different ways where they put it, if it's the Zoom and they put you out into different groups or rooms, um, which has worked well for the ones where I've been attending or I've actually been driving them. Uh, that helps, but you're on the spot, right? You're like four people, you put them in together and then they're like, now you need to communicate, talk about the topic, you have five minutes, you sit there, right? It's like speed dating in a whole new <laughs> level of a matrix of something. Um, but if you don't push the, the attendees out to do it, you will just look at that screen with half an eye. So the the bigger group, I'm pretty sure that will go into having, you know, that they will be in person at a certain point. And and I'm we also all are hungry to be more social and uh, we're we all we're all ready. But I'm sure we will be more skeptical of which one we want to join, because we've learned over the last year or more that our time is valuable and we want to have quality time. So um, so that's going to be a challenge for some of the communities or some of the conferences. Yeah. Uh, Karina, do you have do you have large groups that you're part of? You know, I'm not a part of any large groups yet. And I think part of this conversation was uh, talking to both of you about what are some of the larger groups that you are a part of um, so that I could explore those. I will say I think that the online communities are going to have uh, an interesting challenge around providing value for people to still show up or unlocking access that people otherwise wouldn't have. So going back to what you said about the conferences, maybe you, for whatever reason, you can't, you don't have the time, you don't have the money to attend that conference in person, but you could attend a digital version of it. I know that some conferences like Inbound are certainly going to be doing a digital and a hybrid, uh, digital and in-person moving forward for that exact reason. And I think it's going to be tempting as, as the sunshine comes out, uh, getting outdoors or sitting in front of your computer, uh, which one do you want to do? And so I think those communities that really provide value, I'm willing to get in front of my computer no matter how sunshiny it is. Um, because I want to see those people and I want to authentically connect with those people. And I think that value comes across more in the smaller groups for me personally, because I have those intimate connections. Whereas in those larger groups, it's going to be easier to say some inspiration. Yes, but I really want to get that, that outdoor coffee today, you know? So I think it'll be uh, interesting how that value comes across moving forward. Yeah. I, I'm in a couple large groups. Um, I'm in that Rev Genius, and I'm in another one called, um, it's very sales focused. It's called Thursday Night Sales. And it was really started during the pandemic again, because uh, I think everyone needed all the help they can get. And they're very different in what they do. One is more community based, Rev Genius, like they've got. Um, I, I think the value of the big ones is you get a bigger pool of opinions. And if you need a, if you want an opinion on a specific platform or tool or strategy, and you want a lot of opinions like that. Those are good places for them. There's a lot of like, you know, different segments of each of those with, with Thursday night sales. It's kind of interesting because it's really a, um, you know, two sales leader 
leaders, um, Scott Lees and Amy Volis, kind of had this like people ha- people were asking them a lot of questions. So they decided to host a Zoom happy hour, which turned into they've been doing it for a year and a half now. And it's almost just an AMA. People just ask questions that they're struggling with from career, from how to's to what do you do with a manager that's being toxic, like all these t- different types of things. And they each have different value in them. And I think there's value in the large ones. And I also think there's a lot of value in the smaller ones. So I'm going to ask you the same question for the smaller groups. And we'll say small is under 50 um, in total that are there, maybe in 100. You know, I, I don't, depending on like how, how many people are coming to things, but we'll say 50. So, so Karina, you can go first on this one. What is the value? What value do you see in smaller kind of online communities? Yeah, I think there's greater uh, willingness to to make a connection because you can be more, there's more of an intimate discussion. There's more of a willingness to be vulnerable. And I think that ultimately builds to a greater connection. Um, I also think that in the smaller communities, those greater connections then translate over very well to the, to the larger world because you now built some time with somebody that um, you're excited to see in person too. I'm planning my San Diego trip right now. And I'm like, I got to get down and and see my San Diego peeps. Uh, I didn't have any San Diego peeps before the pandemic, but I do now. Um, and, and making that a part of my, my trip down there. So I think you really do build this connection that will translate well to the hybrid world model um, that you may not get in those larger groups. Yeah. Santa, what about you? I, I'm, it's a good surprise, but I think when you have this smaller group and you, you need help, I, you know, the, the willingness that somebody says, I can help you, um, is just amazing. Um, I think from the, that's been one of the groups where we attended and we're like, oh, we need to learn more about webinars. And then we're like, okay, let's meet later this week and I'll show you some tricks and some guidance of what to do. And you can ask all the questions just amazing that you you can have that kind of connection in your community to say hey i can help you um and and to be it's like a fast speed it's like the carpool lane right (laughs) you you get out there (laughs) um and can just get the knowledge or get the input to get right on track so you can go back to your work and focus on saying this is how i'm going to do it so the i think that's the that's the gold of having these smaller communities yeah to continue on that, I think um, before before these online groups and smaller smaller groups, um, I always found it difficult to be vulnerable in front of people, uh, people that I didn't know that well. And in the larger groups in real life uh, before the pandemic, if you went to a networking event, you'd be you wouldn't you wouldn't really disclose. Um, Actually, my sales are quite terrible, and uh, our company's close to the brink. Like, what, what, what do you recommend I do? You know, like you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't make that kind of prediction or like or revelation. And even in the larger groups, you're not going to say that. It's it's different things you ask. Um, you know, I think in those large groups, you do get select group of people that become smaller groups within a big group. But I think the smaller groups for me have always been a trust has been built amongst the people in it. And once there's the trust, people feel more comfortable. Like I've asked, I've been more open and vulnerable in the Campfire Masterminds uh, than I think I have in any other group 
that I've ever been a part of. And, you know, I think, I think that comes back to, I think you said this, San, earlier, the people, um, and you build relationships with the people so much that now we want to travel to go see each other. Um, but also that we, we can be open and honest and ask the difficult, like say the difficult thing that's like, I need help. And normally that's not, you know, in our society, that's not always something that is always accepted in a workplace. I mean, a lot of places that are, and there's a lot of good, good, good companies and good bosses out there. But if you go back there and say like, I actually don't know how to do this. I mean, if you think of, um, the office when Jim was asked to do a rundown and he doesn't know what it is and he just keeps going back and forth. And now I feel like we can ask, like, we have a group, Hey, what is, what does that mean? (laughs) What am I supposed to do with that? Uh, and we can, we can have like a discussion about it. And so I think that's always been something that's been valuable and interesting, uh, to me, at least with the campfire masterminds as like the perspective of somebody who's hosting them. Uh, I don't always post a lot of questions, but when I do, I feel like I I ask deeper questions than I would or I pose deeper challenges than I would to anybody else, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think there's this surprising human element to these online uh, smaller communities that comes across too. You know, you you get the the baby popping up in the background. You get the dog barking in the background. You get, you know, the the lawnmowers going, and and it just it it's not the the most out in the world. You know, you go to a networking, you're most polished. It's your most professional self. You get a little bit more of that human element, and I think that really opens doors to be more vulnerable and to go deeper because you connect over things like um, those shared human experiences. Yeah. And I think, Alice, you're doing a really good job on the Campfire Mastermind because you always have a question. So we know we get to know each other a little bit more. Right. We talked a lot about cheese suddenly at one of them. <laughs> so but 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 we, we are building up that we know a little bit more about each other. And we also, you also have the question saying, you know, what was a big win or a small win from last week? And it's great to have a place that we can shine without standing in the office saying, yeah, right. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> so it, yeah, look at me. Uh, it's nice to get. And, and an area or community that you can go in and say, hey, I'm actually really proud of this. Um, and and have in the peers, right, saying, yeah, not that you will say we respect you, but they will say, yeah, we, we get it, right? I'll yeah. be proud as well. Or I did this, it's similar or something like that. So so it's it's a, I don't know if you will call it a secret sauce, but but there's some under, there's some extra details that, that takes time. You're the moderator, you're the owner right, of this mastermind, and it takes something to get there. It just doesn't, it doesn't just happen by itself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that feedback and, and that you see value and enjoy them. They were, they were kind of an idea started that um, the larger groups I don't think I was getting, which is that, that more personal connection and actually talking through problems as a group, not just one person answering them. And I think there's value in both, but I think for me, I'm a, I am much more of a collaborative person. And even with our company going fully remote, that was even taken away from like the workplace to a degree for me um, as a team and department of one, uh, I don't get invited to all the meetings anymore. Uh, not that I got invited before, I just decided <laughs> to join uh, or walk by the walk by the conference room a lot <laughs> until I got invited. But uh, and so it's always been like that for me. And also, how can we all come together and just have a place where we can help each other? Um, and I think it's kind of taken a 
taken a life of its own where I think I'm just the guy who sends out the emails and sets up the Zoom and says, like, what are your questions for this week? And I think everybody in the group now owns it and runs it and controls where it goes from there based on what challenges we have and and how people continue to engage and interact with it. And so I think that's that's even like a thing that I think is key is engagement in the group is what makes it successful. Um, if if you guys and everybody in the group like said, yeah, we'll join the Slack, but nobody ever said anything um, or commented back to people, it would be, it would die. It'd be gone. Uh, so I think it's as much the participants as, as it is the person organizing. What, uh, okay, so let's talk, we've talked like how they're good for you as a person and for like your personal development and some, your career and, and learning and how is it good for like, is it good for businesses? Like, is there something businesses, uh, is there something Metal Toad has taken away or benefited from your participation or is VCC benefited from your participation in, in online communities? Like, is there, is this, is this a new strat marketing strategy in the works that we just haven't been able to develop yet? Yeah, I, I think it, it, it benefit, right? Because we all need to look at the skill set that you have in a company. Um, and you want to have employees that, that actually go out and keep educating themselves, or you have the, the ground so you help them to, to get the information or get the skill set or get the education. Um, so to, to, for me to be members of these different groups um, has educated me, have, you know, getting better skill set or or get me on that carpool lane to get there faster. Um, so, so definitely, yeah, it, it, it helps. Uh, but, but you need to have the mindset as well to be, to be part of the groups. It's not that you sit in the corner and saying, oh, I will never ask a question. I just want to sit in the corner and listen. You have to participate. Um, so so it, it, it's a, it's a two-way road for, for, to, to, be, to be a member of, of these communities. But definitely, um, I think the more you can... Uh, the more you, you can get inspiration from if it's a community or if it's you read a blog or if you watch a YouTube, the more you can get this inspiration, I really believe that you will be a better person uh, and, and a better um, uh, a better employee. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's an untapped um, marketing and sales opportunity. We've, we've at Metal Toad really done sort of a two-prong approach. It really has helped us build out partnerships. Um, so we've got a stronger partnership, certainly, you know, with Beacons Point, um, being a part of the mastermind group and and our, our whole leadership team are Beacons Point fans. And then we also, we, we built sort of our own community through a series of interviews, our ISV 25 interviews. And so um, do that, we learn more about what our partners are doing and how we could potentially partner um, to help better serve our customers. And it has just opened up doors for collaboration that I think would not have been as easy to open. So we're talking to one of our partners about co-hosting a happy hour at NAB in October. And it was such a smooth and easy conversation of, hey, let's see if we can get together with some of our customers and have a conversation. Yeah, we're excited and we're interested, but it's because we've built that relationship and that partnership over time, 100% digitally because they are <laughs> um, in Europe. And, and so, and I'm thrilled to see them in person um, when we get to NAB. So I think there is this great networking aspect to it and this great uh, partnership and relationship building aspect that can benefit businesses. What about, uh, 
How do you feel about businesses themselves creating, building online communities? And I bring this up because a lot of these online communities quickly got sponsors and started all of a sudden had money to do things and funding. And, um, you know, I understand HubSpot might be a little different because they have people who use their platform, but they are really getting into the community building game. Uh, they're they're putting a big effort into that through the HubSpot user groups, and they've they've invested in some new tools and people to start to build online communities. Can can should businesses start making them? Like, should there be a metal toad? Uh, managed service mastermind group or like support group that meets quarterly or should there be one for uh for product engineers that vcc runs as a as a brand yeah i think it all goes back to the value right so i think hubspot is a great model because i think why those user groups are taking off and why they're investing so much is because there's really some value that they're offering there for people that attend and so, you know, I think if you can come with how can you serve and how can you educate and inspire and connect and really provide value, then then it's while doing something like that. So I think it's every company should do it in a certain way because it gives them a view into their users. So we're, we use Pipedrive. They have a community. That's our CRM system. They have a community. Um, and Every company, now if you're selling software or if it's a product, you want to have a website or a community where your customers can find the information fast. That's right. You want to be, be a mini Google. Um, so by having a community helps you to answer some of the questions where you can search and say, oh, I'm looking for this answer. I have this or not answer. Yeah, I'm looking for, to answer this. Um, you have availability to actually to, to look it up. Um, or you can say, okay, this, it's not there. Let me ask. And then you can say specific, oh, I'm looking into how do I filter? How do I import? How do I export? So you get help right there and then. So the company, if we just take Pipedrive as an as example, they are offloading their own customer service by having the community because now it's people helping people or they're, uh, it's, they make that group. Um, and that can, of course, spin off to, to a lot of things. But what they also are getting is they can see, oh, my God, we are getting this question 100 times a week. Maybe we should fix it or maybe we should make it easier. So it gives them an insight of what is going on. If there's any add-ons that you're doing, you're, right? they could get Pipedrive an idea to say, oh, we should actually integrate this or we should acquire this company or we should develop it ourselves because this feature is something that our customer really wants. So it's a, it's a focus group and a support group uh, called the community. Yeah, something you said, it, it, and you've said this a few times, it's people, it's about the people. It's, it's, I mean, everyone likes to talk about this in sales, you know, sales is human to human, not B2B, but I think uh, as much as we get into this automation world, we get into, you know, networking, gotta get this, gotta get that, it really does come down to the personal connection you have with people but, and, and but you people can take it back people. to your group yeah but you can also take it back to your group right because you're, you're getting a trend of what's happening what is the trouble that we all are working on and what is the challenge right now is it the webinars or is it the zoom is it the happy hours you're getting a trend of what's going on so you can go back to your strategy and saying hey we should either offer this or we should expand here or we should you know pull back depending on what's going on it's giving you that temperature of what's hot and what's not hot yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's for businesses. It's essentially information gathering as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the in the effort of helping, like you said, you're gathering all that information, um, trends, what's working, what's not working, what people are struggling with. Um, so yeah, there's there's certainly I think benefits for all parties involved as long as the as long as the motives are are true that you are trying to help the people you are serving or the people that you work with. Um, I think that's kind of like the whole content and inbound philosophy, right? Is helpful first, sell second, um, you know, as in that process. Well, I want to thank you guys both for joining me again. This has been really fun. I think we could keep talking for another hour, but uh, (laughs) to keep people, to keep the podcast in relatively short time, uh, we're going to end it here. And so I want to thank you both for joining and uh, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us, Alex. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's show. Uh, again, we had Santa Vending from VCC and Karina Gelsterborger from Metal Toad. And you know, if you've got questions about online communities, feel free to reach out to myself or to the, the two of them. Really, you can look up our Campfire Masterminds. I'll put a link for that in our show note as well. Uh, but yeah, just get yourself out there. There's tons of different groups based on different different industries, different genres. There's Slack communities, there's online, uh, there's weekly Zooms, there's monthly Zooms. Uh, I know we're getting tired of Zooms, but it's still worthwhile to connect with people all over the country and world sometimes. So thanks so much for listening and listen in next time. Thanks for listening to the B2B Growth Marketer Podcast hosted by me, Alex Mead. The B2B Growth Marketer Podcast is sponsored by Beacons Point. Beacons Point is a growth marketing agency that creates a video-first content approach to attract the right customer and deliver the message at the right time. Find out more at beaconspoint.com. This week's episode is produced by Summer Myers. Thanks for listening. See you next time.